If that's your song, would you give God praise in the house today? If he's been faithful, if he's been good, give him praise in the house. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you, Inspire Church. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. What a blessing it is to be in God's house. Man, I thought when they said after the video, they said there's going to be one more worship song and then you're preaching. I thought that worship song was Pastor Andrew singing happy birthday to me. I thought, it's like, my God, like he's the new singer here. That's awesome. Amen. It's an an honor to be with you all today. How many have enjoyed the worship with Eunice Rodriguez and her team today? Amen. 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 So thankful for 40 years. My God, I used to lie. I I think I told you this before. Confessions of a preacher. Hello, online streaming audience. I always lied about my age because I started in the (laughs) ministry. I started in the ministry young, you know, in the Pentecostal church. If you're not preaching by the time you're 12, like you're almost might as well, you know, do something else. And so I was ordained by the time I was uh, 18 and you know, if you'd have told people you're 18, they'd be like, oh, do you do puppets? Do you want to go to children's church? And, you know, I was trying to preach in the big church. And so I always lied about my age. And, but now that it's 40, like, why lie? I mean, it's just all, yeah. Anyhow, seeing a therapist tomorrow. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. <laughs> I'm thankful. Amen. And I want to share with you a word um, that I believe is, um, is the most important life lesson I ever gave myself. Um, Someone asked me, because I have lived through the valley of the shadow of death. I've had to walk through some stuff in these 40 years. And if someone said, how do you do it? What, what, what do you got to do to make it through? Because everyone in this room, and I feel like it's not an accident. It's just because my birthday that I'm all sentimental, but I feel like it is a divinely inspired service. For some people that have been through some stuff. And God has a word for you today that if you'll apply it, you'll see the other side. And if it doesn't apply to you today, I know we don't sell CDs anymore. But go ahead and save the Facebook feed and say, I'll just save it and I'll watch it later. Because this is a word for you. Amen. I'm going to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 20. And I'm reading from the King James Version. And Hey, it's my birthday. I want to preach in the cathedral. Put that, uh, yeah, I mean, let me preach in the cathedral. Oh yeah. All right. Look, mama, I made it to the cathedral. I forgot to wear my suit though. Oh boy. I, if my dad was alive, I'd be in trouble right now. I'd be like, you're preaching such a nice place. And you went up there in a t-shirt. Amen. Second Samuel <laughs> twelve twenty. the word of the Lord is the following. Then David arose from the earth and he washed And he anointed himself and he changed his apparel and he came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. And then he came to his own house and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat again. Father, use me for your glory, that your name would be lifted up, that your people would be inspired and that signs, miracles and wonders would confirm the preached word. And I ask it in Jesus mighty name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you today. It is without a doubt that 
of all those Bible characters that you can study, if there was any one of those that found the proverbial favor, the apex of every Christian's race to find the favor of God, if there's anybody that found favor, it was David. That little shepherd boy on the side of a hill. Bible doesn't talk about his mama. When the, when the prophet came to anoint the next king, nobody thought to call David. That forgotten boy, forgotten by man, but remembered by God. He is chosen of God. He's loved by God. He's a hero to Israel. And I've preached to you about David before. This is an, this is an incredible story of how God can take what seems like nothing and make it something. And you can be forgotten by even your family and your friends and society. But as long as you have the attention of heaven, it doesn't matter who overlooks you. It doesn't matter who spites you. It doesn't matter who forgets about you because if heaven remembers you, that's all that matters. Come on, somebody. But one of David's greatest battles wasn't Saul trying to kill him in a network of caves outside of the Dead Sea. Wasn't Goliath that giant that attacked Israel and had them fearful for 40 days before this little boy named David showed up? It wasn't having to go to Gath and take on the brothers of Goliath later in his life. It wasn't when his own son divided the kingdom. It, those were, it wasn't when his wife left him and said, you got to go. His greatest battle was confronting his humanity. And understanding that you can be anointed of the Lord, appointed of the Lord, yet you're still human. And as a human, the mind that is in Christ Jesus now lives on the inside of you. And it's true that when you're baptized, you become a new creature. And that you're more than a conqueror. And that you're the head and not the tail. That you're blessed coming in and blessed coming out. All those things are true. In E flat and every other key. Yet with all of those things. And that he loves you and you love him. And his name is on your life. All of those things are true. But you're still, at the end of the day, a human being. And as a human, you still have bad days. And low days. And you got days when you get frustrated. And you have days when they cut you off when you're trying to drive down I-10. And there's days when, when you, you just don't really want to talk to anybody that you currently live with. There are days you don't want to sing the songs of Zion. There's days you don't feel like giving him the innermost parts of your, the best praise of the innermost parts of your belly. There are days when nothing seems like it's going right and you buy the wrong stock and they give you the news that I know you survived the first five months, but now there's a furlough. And there's days where you, it just when everything seems like it's finally going to normalize, there's another political mishap. And, and, and all of these things come and, we, and, and sometimes it's hard to try to reconcile how I can have the mind of Christ Jesus yet be confused with what's going on at the same time. And if I'm not careful, the enemy will creep in and allow me to think there's something wrong with me. Something wrong with you. 
See, I've been telling you all these years, you're not like everyone else. There's something messed up with you. You're not right. You can't live for God. I, that, that's that lie of the enemy. He is a deceitful foe. His best weapon is lying. It's a, he'll get in your mind. That, that, that if, if we, we won't do roll call today, but if we took roll call, almost every hand would go up. That at one point, you have had this thought in your mind that nobody struggles with what you struggle with. Nobody battles the devils that you fight with. Nobody has the secret sin that you're trying to face. Nobody has the marriage problems that you have. Nobody deals with the money problems that you do. But the reality is that everyone in this room has had to live through the valley of the shadow of death. Everyone in this room has had to fight its lions, its tigers, and its bears. Oh my, everyone in this room has had to go through some stuff just like David. But it's through the stuff that we can testify just like David. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because this isolation from one another that causes us to think that we are the only ones is a dangerous thing. That's why it's important to have testimony service. Maybe we don't do it like we used to where it was an open mic and anybody could come forward and say whatever they wanted to say and you had to have the sound guy ready to hit the mute button because you never knew what somebody was going to say. But maybe we ought to turn Facebook into, uh, instead of it being a complaining stream, maybe it ought to turn into an online virtual testimony service. Rather than talk all that political stuff that you're talking about, maybe you ought to brag on Jesus. Maybe, maybe rather than complain about your kids and your husband or your wife, maybe you ought to just brag on Jesus. Maybe you ought to just tell, because you don't know who's on the other side of that Facebook going through the same devil that you beat up two years ago, and they need to hear what God did for you. Because if they hear what God did for you, they'll say, if he did it for you, then surely I know he can do it for me. Come on, somebody. It is tough to live for God and have to fight the struggles and the temptations and the emotions and the good days and the bad days. Gina posted this morning about my birthday and she said, I'm my own comedian. Because I get done preaching and we're on the plane and I'm laughing at my own jokes. She's like, you know, it really wasn't that funny. I'm like, it was hilarious to me. She's like, you tell the same three jokes every sermon. She's like, at some point. So I'm going to go ahead and tell my old joke again. You got days when you're walking under the anointing of that old Alicia Keys hymn. This girl is on fire. Ah, You just walk in it and you just, you're like, yeah, you can own it. And then you walk in and they're like, girl, I need to talk to you. You fired. That's like my best joke ever. Like, yeah, I laughed the first five times you told that one, Suarez. There's days where it's all working out and then it just stops. And that brings me to what I want to preach to you about today in David's life. Because there was that day when everything went wrong for David. There was that day when death visited David's home. He has prayed and fasted for seven days. I'm still in the cathedral. Praise God. I was making sure they didn't switch and be like, yeah, this is not a cathedral sermon. He has prayed and fasted for seven days. He has sought the face of God. He has sought the miraculous. And what he is seeking does not take place. He's seeking life and death comes to his door. And it begs the question. What do you do 
when what you pray for doesn't happen. Because I know how you act when you win. I know how you act when everything goes your way. I know how you praise him when you scratch that lottery ticket you weren't supposed to buy and you win a free ticket and don't win anything on that one. I know how you give God praise when your fantasy football team wins and you get your $100 jackpot. I know how you act when everything goes right. But how do you respond when you lose? What do you do when things don't go your way? Because that is the secret to your next victory. That is the secret to the next level, dimension, whatever you want to call it, of the blessing of God. It's how you respond when things don't go your way. What do you do when you lose? What do you do when he doesn't answer your prayer the way you wanted him to answer your prayer? What do you do when death visits your home? What do you do when there's a job change? What do you do when strife comes? What do you do when trouble comes? When death visited David's child, his servants don't even want to tell him that the child is dead. Because they said if he acted crazy when the boy was alive, can you imagine what he'll do now when we tell him the child is dead? There are people that are expecting you to go crazy in this season. Even, and the people that expected David to go crazy were the people that were closest to him. Sometimes the people that are closest to you don't have the faith in you that you have in yourself. That's why you can't rely on anybody else's faith. You can't rely on anybody else's prayer. You got to make sure you got your own faith in God. You got to have your own prayer life. Because if mother and father fail me, if brother and sister abandon me, if all the friends of Job want to walk away, I'm still going to be like Job and say, everyone can walk away. Everyone can desert me. Everyone can abandon me. But here, all by my lonesome self, I'll say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. But blessed be the name of of the Lord. This praise doesn't depend on you, 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 you. This praise depends on him. I give you the best praise. David has sinned. He has lost his son. And now, what are you going to do, David? This is a pivotal moment in everybody's life. I promise you this is an inspirational sermon. Be like, my God, he really is morbid today. Good God. No wonder he wore all black. These are decisions you have to make. I was, I've been in church my entire life. I was born in this. And I remember being in middle school and I had gotten into some trouble. And my mother had to, <laughs> one of the times she had to go to the parent-teacher conference with me with the, with the dean. And we were driving home and I had gotten into some bad trouble. And she said, you know what your problem is? He's my God. He's not your God. She said, he's your father's God, but he hasn't become your God yet. We have to bring you to church. We have to encourage you to pray. We have to encourage you to read your Bible. We got to push you. But there's coming a day, Tony, where I can't push you any further. You're going to have to make the decision, come hell or high water. I'm going to live for God. I don't read my Bible because the pastor tells me to do it. I do it because I want a word from Almighty God. I don't pray because the prayer prayer leader told me to pray. I'm praying because I want communication with my Heavenly Father. I'm not praising because the praise team told me to lift my hands. 
I'm doing it because had it not been for the Lord that was on my side, I wouldn't have made it through this week. So let everything that is in within me bless his holy name. These are decisions you have to make. That son that they used to call a prodigal was sitting in a pig's pen, desiring to eat the pig's food. He wasn't eating their food. He was desiring their food. And he made a decision. He said, I don't have to be here any longer. There's riches in my father's house. There's blessings in my father's house. I don't have to be in this condition. He started talking to himself. I know it sounds crazy. I know people look at you funny, but someone needs to start talking to themselves and say, self, I don't need to be in this condition. I don't need to be depressed. I don't need to be full of anxiety. I don't need to be poor. I don't need to be backslidden. I don't need to be designed to eat what the pigs eat. I don't belong to this house. I belong to a king's house. I don't belong to a pauper's table. I belong to the king of kings table. And I'm making a decision today. I'm getting out of this mess. I'm getting out of this situation. And I'm going back to the, my father's table where there's a table and a blessing prepared for me. Yay. Even in the presence of my enemies. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, talk to yourself. Give him praise like it's the 11 o'clock service. Hallelujah. David has to make a decision here. What do you do? When I lived through the worst moments of my life, it was this story that got me through. It's this story that I've had to act out time and again in my life. I thank God for his word. I thank God for the transparency of his word to allow us to look at the most vulnerable points in someone's life and learn what to do. Lord, thank you because I know that I wouldn't want my life in the Bible. Yeah, you don't want to say amen to that because like, mm, I, don't, I don't even want to tempt him right now. I don't, I don't want to get out. No. But I thank the Lord for the transparency of some of these characters. Because this isn't a perfect man, but he's a righteous man. He's a man that makes mistakes and he knows how to cry out and seek God. I appreciate because had the Bible left out all of these characters, I would have thought there was no hope for me. But when I read of an imperfect man that can fail time and time again, yet get a hold of the heartbeat of God, it lets me know there's still hope for my life. And so in my worst moments, I get a hold of these stories. And it was that story. What did he do? The Bible says he is laid in front of the Lord. And they finally come and they tell him the child has died. What are you going to do? It's, a, it's what David did that has inspired my life. The Bible says that David picked himself up, dusted himself off, and it's this next thing. The Bible says he anointed himself. The priest didn't do it. The prophet didn't do it. Samuel didn't come back to do it. His daddy didn't do it. David made sure he had his own vial of oil. And he made sure that in my worst moment, 
I might lose my boy, but I'm not going to lose my oil. I might have to live through some stuff, but I'm not going anywhere without the oil. And the Bible says that after he picks himself up and he dusts himself off, the Bible says that David anointed himself. And I went back and studied and found that wherever you find David, there's three things that he always has with him. He always has a prayer life. He always has a praise and he always has the oil. It doesn't matter where you find David. He always makes sure he has oil. It doesn't matter what David finds himself in. He always has a praise. And even in the death of his child, he picks himself up. He anoints himself. And the Bible says he goes back to praising the name of the Lord, his God. It doesn't matter how bad the situation gets. David doesn't lose the anointing and David doesn't lose his praise. I know 40 is the new 20. I know I'm not very old, but if you want to know how I've made it through 40 years, I've made it through multiple funerals. I've made it through some stupid stuff that I shouldn't have had to live through. And you say, how is he still standing today? Because the enemy came in like a flood. I have lost a lot in this life, but I have never lost my oil. I have never lost my anointing and I have never lost my praise. I have praised God in funerals. I have praised God in hospitals. I have praised God in sick beds. I have praised God in accidents. I've praised God in airports. And wherever I go, I take the oil of the Holy Ghost with me. I wish there was an organ to back me up because I feel like preaching right now. I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what you've lost, but make sure there's some oil in your house. Make sure there's some oil in your life. Make sure there's some oil in your marriage. Make sure there's some oil in your ministry. And if no one else will do it, bless the name of the Lord all by yourself. Somebody give them praise in this house. Give them praise in this house. Hallelujah. Tell someone around you, get up, change your clothes, anoint yourself, and give God the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Musicians, come back. Because I feel like praising God right now. How can you praise them? Because I haven't lost my oil. Haven't lost my anointing. He took money. He took family members. At times he took joy. But he should have gotten my oil. If he would have gotten the oil, he would have taken everything from me. But I made sure, come hell or high water, I'm not losing the oil. I'm not losing the anointing. I'm not going to lose what God gave to me. And it's because of the oil that I can sing, I can shout, I can dance, I can praise. Because I did it. Tell Why don't you shout anoint yourself? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was four years ago last week. Four years ago last week. That God gave me this scripture. I was was laying... 
on a floor in MD Anderson with three babies that needed consolation. And I had to be strong for them. And I had to console them. And then I went and I locked myself in a room at MD Anderson. And I laid on the floor before God. I laid before my God. I cried my eyes out. That doesn't make you a wimp. That doesn't make you feminine. That does not make you weak. You need to learn how to cry before God. I mean, if if you're going to complain to somebody, you might as well complain to the one that can fix the problem. I haven't preached this sermon in about two years, but I felt like someone needed to hear this sermon today. Hallelujah. I laid before my God and I cried and I got it all out. And then I'm a visual person. So I said, Jesus, if you did it for David, I believe you do it for me. I got babies to raise. I got sermons to preach. I got devils to rebuke. There's sickness I need to see healed. I'm not staying here one more moment. I'm not staying in depression. I'm not staying in despair. And in in that little waiting room, I said, in Jesus' name, I get up out of this situation. I get up and I stand up. I was was talking to myself. Anybody walking by that room must have thought I was crazy, but I was talking to myself. I said, I'm getting up in Jesus' name. I'm getting up. I'm standing back up. We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep prophesying. We're going to keep doing mighty exploits in the name of Jesus. And then I got my hand. I said, in the name of Jesus. I clean myself off. Depression, come off of me. Anxiety, come off of me. Grief, come off of me. Sorrow, come off of me. I got babies to raise. I got a family to raise. I got things I got to do for you. Come off of me. Come come off of me. Someone shout to that devil and say, come off of me. Come off of me. Shout to that depression. Come off of me. Shout to that anxiety. Come off of me. You got to come off. You got to come. You got to come off. You got to come off. You got to come off. I wipe it off of you today. You're not who you used to be. You're not going to look like what you walked through. You're coming out. You're coming out. And I said, thank you, Jesus. That November the 24th, 1988, in an altar in Addison, Illinois, in an all-night prayer service the night before Thanksgiving, with my mom on one side and my Sunday school teacher on the other side, you baptized me in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, Pastor Siva tell you, when you caught the Holy Ghost in the 80s, it wasn't very graceful. It was either, and there was a whole lot of palm slapping on foreheads. There wasn't a lot of, you know, touch. It was full. Are there any old time Pentecostals in the house who know what I'm talking about? 
I'm, I'm so scared that I'm going to leave a knot on my head with this watch. My daddy put his whole palm out there and got a hold of my full head. And he shook me. I don't know if I spoke in tongues or I just shook. I don't know what it was. But all I know is I caught the Holy like that. That's how you used to catch it in the 80s. We can't do it now because of lawsuits. But that's how you used to catch it. And in that waiting room, since it's just me and I can't sue myself, in that waiting room, after I got up and I dusted myself off, I said, Jesus, I thank you that in 1988, you baptized me in the Holy Ghost and you gave me my oil. Now, Father, right now in this hospital room, I'm anointing myself. I prayed for me. I've anointed myself till I started speaking in another language. And when I walked out of that room, there wasn't a devil in Houston that wanted to mess with me because I walked out with a bottle of oil ready to take on all of hell. And let hell know, death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? I've come out better. I've come out better. I've come out better. Stand with me. So that I'll close. Hallelujah. That must be why the Bible says that he fills our cups to overflowing. To make sure that there's always oil in the house. That must be why he fills that cup to overflowing. To make sure there is oil in the house. Want to know how to make it through this life? Get the oil. Never let it go. Don't ever lose it. Don't ever sell it. Don't ever forsake it. Don't ever drop it. You hold on to this anointing. The oil is representative of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You hold on to this, come hell or high water, because this will get you through. This will bring you through. This will soothe you. He is the balm of Gilead. He is the anointing. He is, he is, he is. You get a hold and you don't let go. And it's because of the anointing. How can you praise in a storm? Because of the anointing. How can you dance when you ought to be depressed? Because of the anointing. David learned. There's, it, it, I, don't, I don't think it's fair to boil life down to say these are the three things. There's so many things you got to learn. But beyond the, the, the rudiments and the elementary and the foundation of the faith, if my kids ask me, Daddy, what do I got to make sure I don't, what, what do I got to make sure I do or don't do to be successful? Number one, get the oil. Then never let go. You don't go anywhere without the oil. David didn't go into battle without the oil. David didn't go to death without the oil. David didn't go to the palace without the oil. David didn't go to the cave without the oil. He had the oil. And it was because of the oil. It's because of the anointing. He never lost his prayer life. He talked to God through all of it. Talked to God through every situation. And then never lose your praise. You say, well, how do you praise him when I don't have an earthly reason to praise him? You praise him for heavenly reasons.
let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. Anointing fall. Anointing fall in this house. Anointing katayamushaya. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. Let the power, let the power, let the power of the Holy Ghost about to give it back to Pastor Andrew, but if you're here today and you say, Pastor Tony, I want that oil you're talking about. The Bible says it's the free gift of the Father. You can have your own bottle of oil too. This isn't an infomercial. This is a promise from heaven. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can receive it in this morning's service and walk out of here with oil. This is giant slaying, devil stomping, sickness healing, poverty turning into prosperity kind of oil right here. I'm not selling a bottle. I'm talking to you about Jesus. He said, I must go, but the comforter is coming. Hallelujah. It's an oil that'll comfort it's an oil that'll soothe. It's an oil that'll heal. You say, well, pastor, I, someone else says, I used to have it, but I don't know where I put it. When the Ark of the Covenant tried to come back to Israel, if you remember, Israel missed it. But how many know that God went and parked the Ark of the Covenant? And left it parked there till Israel was ready to give back what was theirs. I prophesy to you in Jesus' name. What belongs to you, no one can take it from you. No one can steal it from you. And if they do steal it, they got to give it right back. And if you need a minute, a minute to pick yourself back up, that's okay. But once you get back up and you take back what's yours, I promise you it'll be waiting for you. And God says it's for you this very day. Would you lift your hands in the presence of the Lord? Pastor Andrew, I'm about to give it to you. I just want to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, fresh oil come upon your people today. A fresh touch, a fresh touch, a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon your people today. An anointing, an anointing, an anointing that'll bring healing, an anointing that'll bring prosperity, and an anointing that'll bring deliverance, an anointing that'll cause them to stand up and dust themselves off, an anointing that will cause them to sing and shout and dance and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, would you lift your voice and praise God? Hallelujah.